Good morning, Mid-Missouri. This is not Gary Nolan. This is Dave Rowland, the Director of Litigation for the Freedom Center of Missouri, filling in for Gary today. Glad to have all of you with us on uh, an unusually frosty Frosher Buns Friday. Uh, uh, Brian, you don't happen to hunt at all, do you? I do not. I'm not... Uh one of those people that like to go out in the cold and uh, <laughs> sit and wait. You know, no. I, I didn't grow up hunting. Uh, my my dad was not a big outdoorsy kind of guy. Right. And so I, I, I would uh, occasionally go camping with um, my, my friends when I was in high school, and they would bring along the deer meat, you know, from mm-hmm. their hunting adventures. But I never went hunting myself right. until I married a mid-Missouri girl and moved back out here. Uh, I've grown to really enjoy it. But let me tell you, uh, this week, of course, is deer season, and uh, I I got out and I hunted the first couple of days, but uh, yesterday, my alarm went off to get up at 5.15 a.m., and I looked at the Weather Channel uh, website and saw that the temperature outside was in the low 20s. The wind was blowing with gusts over 20 miles an hour, and it said that it felt like eight degrees. <laughs> and and you're just, under your cover. I shook my head, and I said, nope, <laughs> not this <laughs> not morning. today. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, you know. Um, you have to be committed to that, you know. You do. And there's you a do. lot of folks, including uh, our own Randy Tobler, who does the afternoon show on some of our stations along this line he he loves it he does the bow hunting oh yeah and uh, i mean talk about uh patience i mean wow yeah. well you know so um I, uh, if i say so myself i'm actually a pretty good shot uh no kidding. With, with firearms um i have never practiced archery enough that i would feel comfortable hunting bow mm-hmm. hunting right um just because you know, if if I'm going to shoot, I want to be confident that I'm going to be able to kill the animal quickly. I don't want to mm-hmm. cause unnecessary suffering. I have no qualms about hunting, right. but I also don't want to cause unnecessary sure. suffering. Um, and so if I'm going to shoot, I want to make sure that I'm killing quickly. Mm-hmm. And because I, I haven't built up my archery skills, I'm just not confident that yeah. I can do that with a bow and arrow. And so I'm, I think the deer also has to be a lot closer to you. Oh, yeah. In terms of yeah. if you're going to... Uh, do bow hunting yeah absolutely as opposed to you know with a rifle where you can shoot from a couple what is yeah, a couple can, hundred yards or something oh yeah you can you can hit from a really good distance if you're if you're a good shot and right. you have a, a quality firearm so uh, my my best shot a couple of years ago um i i took down a doe at it was probably about 150 yards um, it was it was a good long shot, right? But, but I was hunting with a, a high quality rifle, great scope, um, and uh, that that enabled me to make the shot. So, so how far does the uh, bullet uh, change from where you put the sights and where it ended up? I'm always kind of curious about that. If you're firing from 200 yards away from, and you have the uh, gun aimed to the heart. Does it usually end up there, or does it drift a little bit down, um, up or down? Well, it can, it can depend. It depends somewhat on the weather conditions. If you've got wind, right. that can affect the flight of the bullet. Um, it also depends uh, on on the specific firearm. From what I understand, most long guns, most rifles, um, they uh, are designed so that the round rises for mm-hmm. about 75 yards, and then it drops um, and so, basically, if you're if you're aiming at a target 
uh, about 100 to 150 yards out, then um, the bullet should drop to right about the exact point that you okay. were aiming. If you're aiming at something closer in, um, you want to take account for the fact that the, the bullet's still going to be rising a little bit I see. or it okay. won't have fallen to the to the same point that you're expecting um so you've got to take that into account um but uh but you know if, if you've got a, a good reliable rifle and a good scope then there's no reason that you shouldn't be able to hit something at a at a pretty decent de- uh, distance um you also want to you also want to have stability like that's one of the other things is if you can brace your uh your shooting arm uh mm-hmm. so that you're not wavering at all uh that helps a lot with the accuracy of your shot um, sometimes you don't have an opportunity to do that though it just depends on your on your circumstances uh you may have to wheel around and and take a shot where you don't have a chance to brace um uh, like that and uh then you know you're you're taking a little bit more of a gamble but um but yeah if if you're practiced and skilled you can definitely do it so Anyway, uh, as I said, this is Frost Your Buns Friday, so people, feel free to call in and uh, just bring up whatever topics you're interested in. Uh, I'm happy to field your calls, and, and we'll bat ideas around, and we'll just have a good time with this. If you want to call in, the number is 573-874-9390 or 1-800-529-5572. Maybe people have some of their own feelings about hunting. Uh, pro or con. Feel free to call in and discuss those. Uh, but for now, I want to move to a topic that, that I've really enjoyed so far this fall, uh, and, and that's college football. In part, I want to offer a little bit of an apology. Um, so Brian uh, hit me up with a Facebook message on Saturday. <laughs> what did it say, Brian? Uh, as I recall, I sent you M-I-Z, didn't I? Yeah. So, so of course, as, as many of our listeners are, Brian is a Mizzou fan. And I am also a Mizzou fan with one particular exception, and that is my beloved Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, I come by it honest. I was raised uh, in Tennessee by a family that had lived in Tennessee forever. My grandfather taught at the University of Tennessee, and I was born on homecoming day in 1977 in Knoxville. Um, so I was just, I, I was born with my, my blood running orange. Um, so this season has been a lot of fun for me. Uh, I honestly, I didn't come into the season with very high expectations. Uh, we hired Josh Heupel a couple years ago, and uh, I thought it was a good hire. I thought it would take some time for him to kind of build the team that he wanted, that, that fit his scheme. And... Um, so I've been pleasantly surprised at how well Tennessee has done so far this year. And, uh, of course, Tennessee played Mizzou this last week. And, uh, yeah, we noticed. <laughs> Brian was very, very optimistic, and that optimism did not bear out. But yeah. here's, here's what I want to apologize for. Uh, I believe in sportsmanship, and I believe in the football gods. And I believe that the football gods punish bad sportsmanship. And that is why I fear for Tennessee going forward. Late in the game, Tennessee had the game won. It was, it was not close at that point. Uh, they eventually pulled their starting quarterback and some of the other starters. Uh, but they continued to call for long throws down the field. 
and Tennessee scored a couple of touchdowns down at the end when the outcome really was no longer in doubt. And they even called a timeout with like 30 seconds to go to make sure they could score that final touchdown. Now, here's the thing. Tennessee is hoping to um, to get into the college football playoff. And one of the ways that you raise your profile and that you make it more likely that you get into the playoff is you blow out teams. And so it may be that um, Josh Heupel thought, a couple extra touchdowns would improve Tennessee's odds of getting into the college football playoffs. I don't see that as an excuse, Brian. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know. The way I've always felt, if you can't stop this team, then you shouldn't have even been on the field with them. Well, no, you know, I mean, and, and that's that's a common perspective. I think that when we're talking about professionals, I think that's absolutely true. Like, I, I think in professionals, no one needs to complain about running up the score. Right. Um, you know, you are being paid to stop the other team, and if you can't stop the other team, that's on you. <laughs> the same does not hold for college football. Um, in college football... Well, you don't you, think there should be a mercy uh, rule, do you? No, I don't think there should be a mercy rule. I think people should demonstrate good sportsmanship. Right. Like, I... It's a question I of regulation. Didn't have a problem. With I it. don't I... think there should be a regulation that prohibits people from right. running up the score. I think people should choose not to run up the score because running up the score is a morally corrupt thing I to do. Okay. That's what I'm saying. So you know, I I feel bad that uh, Tennessee scored those last couple of touchdowns when the game was no longer in doubt, and uh, I hope people will will understand where I'm coming from when I think. The football gods may punish that hubris. I'm I'm waiting for the other shoe to fall now. Maybe South Carolina knocks Tennessee off this weekend. Maybe Vanderbilt does it next week. Maybe neither of those things happen. Tennessee gets in the playoff, and then that's when the football gods extract their vengeance. But one way or another, I know it's coming. <laughs> I know it's coming. Uh, we've got a caller on the line. Um, Let's go to Sharon. Sharon, uh, what what's on your mind this morning on Frost Your Buns Friday? Well, my truck was stolen a month ago, and I have to go to the hearing in Lawrence County. I live in Stone County. I don't have a vehicle now. I have to get someone to take me there. I have to sit in the courtroom and look at the yahoos that stole my vehicle, and they won't even let me take a two-by-four to them. Now, where is the justice in that? I understand the frustration, and, and I do apologize, but but one of the things I will say is that part of the benefit of the criminal justice system that we have developed is it prevents vigilantism. It prevents people taking the law into their own hands. Um, and part of the reason for that is to ensure that we don't get the uh, the back and forth tit for tat that was so common before we had a criminal justice system. And I understand it is frustrating um, you for you to have to jump through those hoops that you're having to jump through. But on the other hand, it means that the system is working. And uh, for all of the frustrations that that entails, um, hopefully justice is going to be done in this case. Hopefully the people who did you wrong will be punished and you're facing them in court 
and testifying against them possibly uh, may allow for that justice to be done. So, uh, again, sorry for the situation you find yourself in, uh, but I see this as uh, a good thing. A sense, uh, uh, it, it's a demonstration that our system is, in fact, working, that you have the opportunity to see them punished for the wrong that they did. We are going to have to head into a commercial break here. Uh, if you would like to call in, the number is 573-874-9390 or 800-529-5572. I'll look forward to talking to you. This is Dave Rowland filling in for Gary Nolan on the Zimmer Radio Network. We are back. This is Dave Rowland filling in for Gary Nolan on the Zimmer Radio Network. We have a Froster Buns Friday for you. If you've got something on your mind and you want to share it with everybody, give us a call. The number is 573-874-9390 or 800-529-5572. Uh, Tom has been patiently waiting on the line. Let's go ahead and let's go to him now. Tom, you're on the air with Dave Rowland. What is on your mind this morning? Thanks a lot, Dave. Yeah, I, I'd like to take issue with running the score up at the college level. Okay. When you put, when you put second and third stringers in, it's their time to shine. And I can understand a coach wanting them to be put in positions uh, that are stressful. As an example, calling that timeout with 30 seconds left. They want to put them in, in real situations, uh, obviously, uh, perhaps for next year or later in the year when then their number is called. So personally, I don't have a problem with it myself. Uh, you know, I understand what you're saying. And, and Heupel's explanation for what he did was basically to say, hey, look, this was senior Saturday. Um, this is the last chance that a lot of these players are going to get to play in front of their crowd, in front of their parents. And I wanted to give them an opportunity to shine. I, I do understand that to an extent. But frankly, I think um, the, the time to get your second stringers that kind of extra work and exposure um, is is when you are playing uh, one of the cupcakes on your schedule. Um, you know, uh, Mizzou is, is up against New Mexico State this weekend. Uh, you know, that's the kind of situation where I think, you know, if, if you want to see how your, your backups are doing and, and, uh, get them a little bit of experience, that, that's the circumstance to do it in. I don't think, uh, well, here's one other point to add. Um, having your, your backups in the game, um, also you can, you can get them experience by calling conservative plays. You don't have to go for the jugular, um, and that's one of the things that that Tennessee did is they were they were still calling deep throws, um, and um, you know I just I don't think that that's really an an appropriate thing to do, um, you know, when the game is no longer in doubt. You know I just well we can disagree on that one uh, again. Uh, anytime uh, a player, particularly as you you pointed out. People who don't play very much, it's their time to shine. And, uh, again, uh, we'll just have to agree to disagree on that. Thanks right. so much. Fair enough. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Uh, if you'd like to call in and chat about something, the number is 573-874-9390 or 800-529-5572. Uh, Gary, uh, not Gary, uh, Brian asked me uh, a question while we were off the air. He, he asked if there was any particular food that I make a point of avoiding on Thanksgiving. Gary, or, uh, Brian, <laughs> what, what foods do you avoid? Uh, the cranberries, just like you. Okay, yeah. yeah. 
And, I've, and I've never understood the cranberry we don't sauce. Have, we don't have it, but I hear so often that people serve giblets and gravy. It's like, yeah, I'm going to pass on that. Oh, no, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, no, gib- like, giblet gravy is awesome. Yeah, it's like, you know what's in those giblets, don't you? Well, I, it's just parts of the turkey. <laughs> I know. Well, Do you yeah. eat hot dogs? Yeah. If yeah. you eat hot dogs, you got nothing to complain about. Oh, I know. It's just the thought of it. Yeah, it's yeah. Just that you know, no, and I'm not a sweet potato fan either. Oh, really? Yeah, a lot of folks do love the sweet potatoes with, um, you know, the marshmallows. And well, such, yeah. So, so for me, it depends on how they're fixed. Yeah. So, if we're talking about the sweet potato casserole, where you have just tons of sugar and yeah. and uh, marshmallows and stuff right. like that, yeah, that I don't like that. But I love mashed sweet potatoes. Matter of fact, um, a few years back. I kind of converted to doing mashed sweet potatoes instead of regular mashed potatoes. Now, I will say my in-laws, they definitely prefer the regular mashed potatoes, the traditional mashed potatoes. But, man, give me some some good mashed sweet potatoes with salt and pepper and butter. Oh, it's phenomenal. It's yeah, amazing. I can see that. I'm getting excited for Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving is is one of my favorite holidays of the year. Um, and you, uh, listeners may not know, I like to cook. Yeah. And so um, I kind of share duties with my mother-in-law when it comes to preparing the food for Thanksgiving dinner. Um, and I like making the turkey. One of my favorite sides is the green bean casserole. Green bean casserole, oh, yes. Like, man. Can I get an amen for the green bean yeah. casserole? I think that's probably the most favorite casserole dish of i mean it always i can eat it for a meal by itself yeah i mean we always make a lot because everybody eats it yeah again my in-laws not so enthusiastic about the green bean casserole as i'm kidding yeah well you know i think it's a matter of um you know just what you're familiar with so my in-laws very very midwestern family very meat and potatoes kind of thing um and and you know i grew up in the south and green bean casserole was a big thing where I grew up. Um, and also mac and cheese for Thanksgiving was a big thing where I grew up. But, yeah. So, um, if you're interested in calling in for Frost Your Buns Friday, the number is 573-874-9390 or 800-529-5572. Um, eager to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. Uh, I did have a couple of other things um, that I wanted to touch on. And, and this one, I don't know what people are going to think about. Uh, I have been on Twitter for the last couple of years, um, and I find it really interesting. I know a lot of people kind of abandoned Twitter uh, when they started uh, banning accounts and things like that. Uh, and I understand that decision, uh, but I, I stuck with it, and uh, I've really found it quite, quite useful and interesting. Um, but one of the things I've been watching for the last couple of months was one particular account uh, by... Uh, a woman named Jessica Piper, she was running for the state House of Representatives as a Democrat in rural northwestern Missouri. And she was very active on Twitter throughout the campaign season, um, talking about how Democrats could uh, reassert themselves in rural Missouri. 
And uh, she was hard at it for months and months and months. Uh, and then the election rolled around, and I thought the results were interesting. And there were some interesting conversations about those results that I had on Twitter in the last week or so. I'm going to talk about those on the other side of this break. If you'd like to call in, the number is 573-874-9390 or 800-529-5572. This is Dave Rowland filling in for Gary Nolan on the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. We are back. Thanks for listening in on a Frost Your Buns Friday. This is Dave Rowland filling in for Gary Nolan today. Uh, we have a caller on the line, Larry. Larry, thank you for calling in. What's on your mind this morning on Frost Your Buns Friday? You know, I don't think people really give a damn what you all like to eat and don't like to eat. Well, okay. All right. What do you what, like to eat, what Larry? What would you prefer for us to talk about, Larry? Do you have any ideas? Oh, he hung up. Well, all right. So, wow. Well, we have one vote. His buns for are what, frosted. His so. buns are frosted. So we have one vote for what we should not be <laughs> ch chatting about. Well, if, Let me... if you guys have something you would like to call about, this is an excellent opportunity. Call in. The number is 573-874-9390 or 800-529-5572. Uh, Brian was pointing out that there is apparently a, a breaking news uh, regarding... President Biden's uh, student loan forgiveness program, as I discussed on the air with Gary yesterday, the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeal, which sits in St. Louis, uh, has issued a nationwide injunction preventing the implementation of the student loan forgiveness program. And uh, it sounds like the Biden administration has decided they are going to ask the Supreme Court to take this up and review it quickly. Um, ordinarily, you would wait for uh, a case to go all the way through a resolution on the merits, and that is not what the Eighth Circuit has done. Um, but you can, under certain circumstances, ask the Supreme Court to go ahead and get involved earlier on, particularly if it is uh, a really important issue. So it sounds like the White House has made the determination that they're going to go ahead and ask the Supreme Court to get involved. And and Brian was asking, does that mean the Supreme Court has to take the case? No, it does not. Uh, the Supreme Court has control over which cases they choose to review. There are a handful of exceptions. This is not one of them. Uh, and so uh, maybe there are four votes among the nine justices to say, yes, let's go ahead and weigh in on this issue. Maybe there are not. They may choose to sit on it for a little bit uh, and wait for the case to progress before they jump in and deal with this issue. I do think ultimately they will need to address the question of whether President Biden's loan forgiveness program is valid or not, or at least whether anyone has standing to challenge it. Um, we it do was done by executive order, so why would they even say, you know, one way or the other? Well, um, the... the <sighs> So the the first question is standing. First, you have to get somebody who has suffered Correct, a yeah. a harm that is different from what everybody is going to suffer from the additional taxes that they're going to have to pay to cover the expense of this forgiveness program. But but then um, the question is whether Pres uh, President Biden had the authority to do what he tried to do. Um, one question is whether Congress authorized the president to do this. Uh, I don't think they did. 
but then even if we assume Congress gave the authority, then the question is whether it's still constitutional, whether the federal government can do this uh, consistently with the Constitution. But uh, we do have several callers on the line. Let's start let's start going through them. Uh, we have Mike from Columbia on the line. Mike, thanks for calling in on Frost Your Buns Friday. What's on your mind? Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I'm going to be real quick and just say my, my piece. Um, since you liked our justice system, three things that frost my buns. Qualified immunity needs to be repealed. Yes. Civil asset forfeiture needs to go away. Absolutely. And people people need to stop talking about marijuana if they have no idea what, it, what it's about. Like, if you never use marijuana, stop talking about it. Stop giving your opinion on it. You have no clue what you're talking about. Stop giving opinions on things you don't know anything about. I just agree with you there. So, so <laughs> we got two points of agreement and one point of disagreement. Um, you, you know, I think that there, there's a lot people can understand about issues without having directly involved themselves. I can have issues about heroin or I can have ideas about heroin. That doesn't mean that I've used heroin and I have not and I have no intention of ever using heroin. Um, but you can learn a lot about a subject without directly participating in it. Um, and therefore, you can develop ideas uh, and, and engage in the public conversation about those ideas. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think that there are plenty of people who have concerns about marijuana, and I think they should be able to voice those concerns. I don't happen to share those concerns. Um, but but uh, at the same time, you know, part of what makes our nation great is the ability to develop opinions and share those opinions. And, and I think it's worth pointing out that someone's perspective may be limited by the fact that they haven't experienced certain things for themselves. But I don't know that that definitely means that uh, you have to have experienced things in order to be able to talk about them publicly. Let's move on to Mike number two. Uh, Mike number two, you're on the air with Dave Rowland. What's on your mind on this Froster Buns Friday? Good morning, y'all. How you doing? I'm doing okay, except that somebody apparently is very unhappy that I talked about what I like to eat on Thanksgiving. Oh, that's kind of a sad thing. Everybody <laughs> likes to eat, at least I hope they do. <laughs> yeah, well, one would think. So, so my frost, my buns, is I just got my personal property tax oh. a day or two back and about fell out of my chair. Oh. What is going on with our legislators that <sighs> will not go forward with getting rid of this property tax and going to some kind of consumption tax? Well, and, and a lot of people, ridiculous. a lot of people are having a particularly rude awakening this year because. Uh, the value of used cars has increased so much over the last year that it's driving yeah. up the taxes they've got to pay because of the personal yeah, property tax. Is stupid. I just think it's kind of criminal and and just a little over the top that these people haven't decided on. You know, they just go where the wind blows. The market just takes them where they feel like going, and then next thing you know, they're going to rush out and say, "Oh, your house is worth forty thousand more than it was last year. Now you owe more money on that next." Right. Yeah, Crazy. it's it's not that anybody has actually gotten $40,000 worth of value for themselves. It's the same house that they've been living in, but all of a sudden arbitrarily the government says, "Oh, well, yes, but you owe it's us unrealized more. gains, Dave." Unrealized <laughs> gains. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I like to see the I like to see more realized gains in my pocket, like yeah. a better wage. Oh, but that's not going to happen. Hello. <laughs> well, you know, Gary and I tried to tried to take up the mantle and and get the the personal property tax ended in Missouri, but unfortunately, we chose the wrong moment to do it because it was right as we were going into the pandemic, and it was impossible to gather signatures. But oh yeah, maybe... they, love, they love a good crisis. They love a good crisis to go in and shut down something this important, didn't they? <laughs> well, maybe if enough listeners 
call and express their opinions on the personal property tax to their legislators, maybe the legislators will put an issue on the ballot that voters can can vote on. Um, yeah. Just a thought. Just yeah. thought. Hey, thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate it. Uh, let's move on to Todd. Todd, you're on the air with Dave Rowland. What's on your mind today? Hi, Dave. Hey, how you doing? I'm okay. Um, my question is about graffiti. Well, all right. Is that, is that, um, is that not protect? And I'm not, I'm not condoning, you know, people saying bad things about people. But is that not a First Amendment right? To graffiti? Um, say whatever you to say whatever you want to. So, so here is the question. The question is whether the government. Uh, I'm assuming we're talking about public buildings here. Or are you talking about private buildings? Well, it, I mean, what's the difference? It's a huge difference. So, uh, private property owners get to decide what is done. By and large, get to decide what's done with their property. And so, if somebody comes on their property without getting permission and paints something on their property. No, the person who does the painting has no right whatsoever to do what they did, regardless of, of what they painted. Um, it's trespass if they didn't get the owner's permission to come and paint something. And it, it creates an expense for uh, the property owner that now they've got to go back and paint over whatever it was that, that the artist put up. Um, but... But if we're talking about public property, the question is if the government generally allows people to come out and put their own designs on the public property or if they generally restrict that. If they generally allow it, then they can't police for content, right? So, um, so, if, you, so if you go into a bar, is that considered trespassing? Well, if if you are if the bar is open to the public, it's not trespassing. That doesn't mean but you can go in there and you can draw on the tables or or paint the tables or paint the walls inside, however you want them. Like you don't have a license to do what you want. Hmm? Or in the bathroom? Sure, yeah. Like there's, the things that people put on bathroom stalls, they don't have a particular right to to put their own messages or ideas on the bathroom stalls of a private establishment. The the private business owner is allowed to exclude people who do that kind of thing uh, or or to try and cover recover damages against them if they damage the the property of the business and that would include putting messages up there that the business owner doesn't want but how do they know who did that well that's that's the challenge for the business owners to figure that out I mean, uh, so, part part then, of our part of our justice system includes uh, burdens of proof, and so uh, if a business owner believes that somebody has harmed their property in some way, they have the burden of going into court and showing the evidence that ties the damage that was done to the particular individual that they believe did the damage. And if they can carry their burden of proof, then the courts order the person who did the damage to compensate the owner accordingly. Um, okay. Without being able to prove it, then, yeah, you're just kind of stuck with with uh, fixing the, the problems yourself. Okay, I just have one more question. Um, so if you, if, if an individual owns a business, they can post whatever they want on their interior walls. Um, I mean, if it's defamatory or not. 
Well, if, if they post something that's defamatory, they run the risk of getting themselves sued. Um, if they post something that's obscene, uh, they run the risk of, of some kind of criminal prosecution, assuming that, that it, it's true obscenity uh, and, and not protected by the First Amendment. Um, so there are certain limits to what people can put on their own walls, but there are very definite limits to what non uh to what people who don't own the property can put on someone else's walls uh we are gonna have to go into a commercial break uh it is frost your buns friday feel free to call in the number is 573-874-9390 or 800-529-5572 this is dave roland filling in for gary nolan on the zimmer radio network we are back. This is Dave Rowland filling in for Gary Nolan on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, boy, the phone lines have really lit up. We've got a lot of callers right now. I'm going to try and get to all of them. If you'd like to call in, the number is 573-874-9390 or 800-529-5572. Let's go to Michael. Michael, uh, you are on the air with Dave Rowland. What is on your mind on this Frost Your Buns Friday? Yes, I was just wanting to know what the possibility is if the Republicans take back the White House in 2024, if the U.S. could align with Russia, and so we get rid of these mutant Chernobyl Ukrainian slogs. Well, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm not a politics guy. Um, I I like to talk about policy. I don't like to talk about politics very much. Um, and when it comes to when it comes to the possibility of 2024, uh, it's up to the voters. I don't even know who's going to be on the ballot, so I can't make those predictions. Let's move on to Steve. Steve, you have been waiting for a long time. I sure do appreciate it. You're on the air with Dave Rowland. What's on your mind today? You know, they was talking about property tax a while ago. Yep. I live in Osage County, so we have pretty low property tax. But I got the tax on my 16-year-old two-wheel drive Nissan Titan, uh -huh. plain Jane truck. It was $63. Mm. The tax on my house was 217 mm -hmm. I mean, you talk about how they've jacked the price up on used cars. Yeah. You know, I mean... I have a hundred year old house, but I totally redid it twenty years ago. I mean, I took it down the bare walls mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and totally everything's new in it. And my truck is worth a quarter of what a, a house is. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty bizarre. Well, but more more ridiculous than than the specific prices is the idea that you have to pay the government for something that you have already purchased that you rightfully own. Like, yeah. um, with, when it comes to real estate, when it comes to land, um, I understand a little bit the idea of taxing real estate, uh, because, you know, we do have transportation systems and the military that the government funds. So I understand to an extent, this is a way that you make the people who benefit from the infrastructure or the protection provided by the military, that they shoulder the burden of that. That makes a little bit of sense. But when it comes to a vehicle, you've already paid tax on the vehicle, right? You, you know, um, you're, the government has no ownership stake in the vehicle. And, and it doesn't make any sense to me that you should have to pay every year because you happen to own a vehicle. 
Farm animals, too. Farm animals, too. I mean, I, I think most people, especially in urban areas, you know, the vehicles are the biggest item when it comes to the personal property tax. But in rural Missouri, you know, you get taxed on your on your livestock, too, which is the just thing, crazy. The thing is, on a vehicle, is they deteriorate every year. I've seen guys that have a 10-year-old truck, and it's rusted out like you wouldn't believe. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, it loses value every year, but the government keeps increasing the value of it. Right. Even though it's it's a rust bucket going down the road, it still might have a good engine, but it's a rust bucket otherwise. Yeah, you, you've got a 15-year-old car, and you're looking at having to fix the transmission or fix the engine, which yep. is thousands of dollars, uh, you know, for each. And then the government comes along and says, oh, by the way, the value of your vehicle increased, so you've got to pay us if you want to be able to drive it. Like, that's just, that's crazy. Um, especially now when people are getting hammered so badly with inflation. Um, you know, it, it's just additional costs that they shouldn't have to pay. Well, thank you for calling in lot, on Frost Your Buns Friday. I appreciate it. Let's go right now to Nikki. Nikki, uh, you are on the air with Dave Roland. What is on your mind? Good morning. Good morning. I wanted to ask about the Biden student loan stuff. Sure. I've tried to follow it, you know, from the start, and I'm really confused because he kept asking, is it legal? Can I do it? Then he does it, and everybody's like, well, it's not legal. You can't do that. Yeah, well, a lot of people were saying it would be illegal at the outset. But to be fair, part of the devil is in the details, right? So, mm-hmm. um Biden had long talked about some form of student loan forgiveness, but he hadn't really nailed down how he was going to go about doing that. Now, here's the thing. Congress actually did empower, uh, I believe, the Secretary of Education to forgive some student loan debt, um, but that power was not given to the president. Um, and And so... What I believe President Biden ended up doing was instead of asking the Secretary of Education to exercise the authority that Congress gave that position, the president decided we're going to invoke this other statute that uh, that Congress passed. And the, the it was a pandemic statute and uh-huh. uh, they were the the authority that was given was actually quite limited. Um, and so I think it's pretty clear given the limited context of the statute that Biden was trying to invoke that it just doesn't apply to what he's trying to do. Um, and so th- the consensus in the legal community, it's pretty clear that what he was doing was unlawful. The question is, was whether anyone was going to be able to to sue to get it undone? Because under federal law, um, not just anybody can go into court and raise a, a challenge to the validity of, of a federal law. So the big hurdle was getting standing. Now you've got the Eighth Circuit and a court in Texas that said, these plaintiffs have standing, and they struck down the program. We're going to have to find out what the Supreme Court says. Thank you so much for calling. We're going into a commercial break. If you'd like to call in with uh, with a different topic or something that interests you, 573-874-9390 or 800-529-5572. This is Dave Rowland filling in for Gary Nolan on Frost Your Buns Friday on the Zimmer Radio Network.
is the Gary Nolan Show.